You must be at least 18 years of age to listen to the following podcast. I am Robert Black, and you are listening to Sexual Heroes. In front of the camera and behind the camera, veteran fetish performer Micah Martinez has been expanding his work and influence in the adult entertainment industry with studios such as Noir Mail, Blacks on Boys, and Man Up Film. Hey, Micah, thank you for being on Sexual Heroes today. Thank you, Robert. How's it going? <laughs> good, good. I want to learn a little bit about you today. Sure. And one of the things that caught my attention with you, other than your, your good looks, thank you, was the fact that you are a fetish performer. Yes. When I first got into porn, it was at a, as a fetish performer, BDSM. My very first okay. video in that one, I got flogged. Mm-hmm. And the next few videos after that, same thing. It was BDSM. Later on, I got into more mainstream films. But I would say that what people saw in those earliest films, that was probably more a glimpse into my real life right. <laughs> than the later mainstream ones that I did. And when you hear that, how does that compare to your own experience? Um, it's actually very similar. When it comes to the regular kind of sex that I have, it'll go from like a little quick vanilla thing to like when I'm actually able to be me and have genuine playtime. There's the floggers, there's the J-loop, someone's getting tied up. I genuinely enjoy all forms of pleasure. It's so much more than just dick and hole to me. That's fine. There's a time and place for that, especially when it comes to like work or something quick or if I'm hooking up with someone that is very vanilla when I'm actually able to be me, <laughs> it's, it's very much in the realm of, yeah, there's chains around. There, there's, there's whips around. It's going to be more than a 20 minute thing. Yeah. The main difference between a vanilla sex and mm-hmm. not. And this is in reverse to many other performers who are pretty vanilla. They do a lot of mainstream films and then they get asked to be in a fetish film. And for them, they're really out of their comfort zone. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's funny. I ran into that me actually being flogged and being tied up very 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 generous amounts of pain uh for shoot for kink.com one of my first ones actually i'm tied to this hospital bed getting flogged by this big cigar daddy i'm playing it up and i'm also like really into it and of course any legitimate fetish site they're going to have safe words everything like that so i know the safe words everything but I'm making so much noise and I'm getting so into it that the director's like, cut, like, Mike, are you okay? Did I say red? And he was like, mm-hmm. oh, I was like, you can do more if you want. No, that I'm like tied to a hospital <laughs> on my back, super uncomfortable position that like I love. My knees are up to my chest. My shoulder blades are tied down. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, go further. Do whatever it is that you want. I will let you know if it gets too much. I totally get that. Okay, so when we see you in... The cosplay videos and tickling videos. I don't know if you're in any of those. Um, mm-hmm. It's you're having a good time. Yeah, I'm. I'm genuinely having a good time. The only times when I'm not is when it's the super manicured, very vanilla, 
missionary doggy style writing done scenes those are the ones i'm kind of the most bored um but when it comes to cosplay specifically i'm such a huge nerd i have cartoon characters tattooed on my body like i've read comic books since i can remember i've seen every marvel movie except for one the eternals um opening day when it came out since iron man mm-hmm. one it's funny i'm just not like a regular cosplayer um just because that shit's expensive i've gone to comic cons i've done i've done the whole nine so i'm fully like in my element where it's put this superhero in a dangerous position so i'm like yeah let's figure it out let's let's add some new villains let's do some gender bending let's do whatever that's uh very much <laughs> what i like to do so your your films are they really fill a niche yeah <laughs> you went from being in front of the camera to behind the camera mm-hmm. and you're working with man up films now man up films i'm guest directing a bunch for uh, noir mail um, i work production for a bunch of different sites everything from trans angels to like black swan boys that i work like production or help with casting or same thing with like club inferno and there's a couple sites where i do both do casting for club inferno and then say someone drops out or we need another model i can hop right in because i like getting fisted so it's like <laughs> i can kind of just hop here there and everywhere it's a blessing and a curse because it keeps me busy but it also keeps me busy like this current week i work production for six days straight and then i do two modeling gigs back to back and then i have a day off which i'm driving a couple hundred miles and then i'm performing (laughs) so i'm just like okay Um, okay so you're a really busy guy in a month's time i'll be on 20 different sets i'll be working about five days a week but some of those days i'm doing casting and some of those days i'm working as a pa and doing lights and some days i'm directing my own stuff for like man up or helping with noir or like able to do this full-time i want to get more specific about a few things you mentioned in the what you sent to me that you go by the pronouns he him or they them Mm. and i've noticed this more frequently lately in fact a friend i just found out a friend of mine identifies the exact same way that he him or they them and i haven't had a chance to talk to him about it can you talk about it? Yeah. Pronouns to me personally, they they don't matter to me. I call everyone girl, dude. As long as you're getting like the name right, you're not calling me something insulting. I don't care. I'm very open in terms of what I identify as. Some days I feel super butch machismo masculine. Some days I, I feel like a full woman. I don't have to dress androgynously. I, I do <laughs> so frequently. Right now I'm wearing a stringer tank top, but I'm also wearing like super short shorts from Amazon because they're cute and they're comfy. It's very fluid to me. I don't care. I used to growing up, especially like a black man and having to like have this idea of, oh, I have to be super strong and hyper masculine, getting into porn, coming out, finding out who I am. I'm just going to exist and y'all are either going to deal with it or you're not going to be in my life. That's inspiring. All right, let's get back to sex. Yeah. The cosplay. Mm-hmm. I'm curious to know, when was the first time you had sex either dressed in some superhero outfit or the other person was dressed in some superhero outfit? Was it for a film or was it in your private life? And how did that I'm trying to figure out, how, wow, how did that come up? <laughs> so it's funny 
the first time it happened, it was two days after Halloween when I was in high school. This um, guy that was a fuck bud and I, we like dressed up as like superheroes and like went about our merry way. The way that we became friends was we played video games together and like read comic books and did all that together. And he was in the closet. I wasn't. So we were like just two besties. I was knockoff Batman <laughs> and he was Superman. So he had like the full like spandex thing on and everything. And I had like the utility belt, but I was typical gay. I was wearing like stockings and like booty shorts and a cape type thing. <laughs> and I had like a Batman t-shirt on. So that was like my first time ever quote unquote cosplaying was for Halloween. But I really, I felt really good about myself. I was like, I look really hot. He looked really hot. We just kept kind of checking each other out more so than we would anyways, <laughs> like on the low type thing. And I remember uh, after he like got back from this Halloween party, uh, he texted me. I already think you're hot, but you looked really, really, really hot tonight. <laughs> like I said, like two days afterwards, he like invites me over to hang out. I pack up my Batman stuff and I go over. I like go in the bathroom and like jokingly like come out like, haha, I'm Batman again. In my head, it's super manipulative. I was like, he said I look hot in this, so I'm going to put it on because I want to have sex. Came out and I was like, haha, like I'm like Batman. And he was like, that's really hot. I was like, you should put your Superman thing on. And then legit one thing led to another. I ended up tearing the ass off of his Superman outfit, fucking up in it. <laughs> it was really hot. It was one of those times like we were both 18 because the parents weren't home. So we just fucked like rabbits. Hot. Yeah. Well, obviously there's a big audience for this as well. Yes. You mentioned the hypno, the hypnosis. Mm-hmm. Is that for... <laughs> For real, or it's just the illusion of it is sexy? So for the hypno kink, me personally, I, like, I've, from years of therapy, I've definitely experienced hypnosis myself and everything like that. Um, And just overall, the power of suggestion. I don't feel comfortable actually doing that on set, um, but I still know how it works and how to make it look real and how to I know how to display it without doing it a disservice and I also know different ways of doing it like uh, a lot of people think oh hypno is just like <laughs> waving a locket back and forth and then right. they'll like go under your control and that's part of it and then there's also versions of it where you can do it with flashing lights which is what I did with uh, the Green Lantern one instead of it being just like having to follow your eyes the different ways that stuff flashes um, can actually, it it can cause you a headache and it can also put you a little bit under a more suggestible state. Um, Yeah, there's, there's a lot of different ways to do hypnosis. So I'm just kind of having fun with it, kind of displaying it in different facets, especially for people that really do know about hypnosis and that they do find it sexy in a way. This is one of the ways that you can hypnotize someone as well. And it's never been done before. Like, they're like, oh, yeah, like that's hot. <laughs> okay. So I got a couple of questions coming to mind here. This is like yeah. totally new territory for me. When you're portraying hypnosis in a porn film, what am I hearing? It's not necessarily, you know, the person's not for real hypnotized necessarily, but you are portraying how it would look in the real setting. Exactly. What happens when someone is hypnotized? What's the, where does it go? So to me, the times that I've been like hypnotized, as you and I talked about before we even started, like I'm sober and I've been to way too many rehabs and psych wards and everything like that. 
So I've I've been with several hypnotists to try and initially like get me to not do drugs anymore. The times that I've been under, so I went under six times roughly. And I want to say four of them, I just felt very hazy. Like I still kind of knew what was going on. Some people, especially if it wasn't the therapist, it sounded very womp, 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 like people outside the door, stuff like that. It sounded very like uh, Charlie Brown adults talking. And then the other like two or three times, it felt like I blinked. And then I came back and it was like 10, 15 minutes later. And I had zero clue what happened. It felt like I, I blinked and then the person's still there, but they're in a different position. And I was like, wait, what's going on? <laughs> no. So, that's in a therapeutic situation. Yes. What about in a sexual situation? Where do you take somebody who's hypnotized and how do you navigate consent in a situation where someone is hypnotized? I think that's a big reason why I don't like doing the actual hypnosis on set just because it's a porn set. So consent needs to be there the entire time. And I don't want to venture into that gray area. In a not porn sexual setting, consent's normally talked about very in-depth before. It needs to be like talked about like everything that is going to be allowed and everything that is not going to be allowed. There is no way that there is any sort of misconception. And that's normally a very long conversation. So it is a very similar conversation. Like when you're talking to a Dom or talking to a sub or another switch, this is what goes and this is what doesn't, especially if I'm not going to be like fully coherent. Well, I would think anyone who's truly susceptible to hypnosis, if you're going to play in the real world, you would want to be playing with someone you have an established relationship with. I think, I think I would be hesitant to try that with someone I was playing with for the first time. Hypno and role play kind of go hand in hand because a lot of times the idea of hypno, the way that it's displayed, especially like in porn or fetish is that it's like this person that you don't really know is putting you under, but oftentimes it is like, normally like someone's partner or like something like that, or like their regular Dom or their daddy or whatever. Um, that's typically how it goes. Cause a, a couple of friends that actually do partake in it, it's like them and their like partner of like 20 years. <laughs> so like they know. And e- explain for the listeners, what is sexy about hypnosis? I'm back, kind of backing up now. Sexy about hypnosis is that it's the most tied up you can be without rope being around. It's like you're fully under this other person's control. That's like, you may not be tied up and you may not be hanging from the ceiling and you may not have a mask on or a gag in, but you are fully under that person's control for however long they want you to be under their control. When it's done, it's not even necessarily done because if they give you a call word and you can go right back under at any time. (laughs) So it's, that's what's sexy about it. It's not just a, Oh, like you have to tell me what to do. It's like, no, you have to tell me what to do and I'm going to do it whether I remember or not, or whether I like it. Awesome. That's a great explanation. Um, I had on for one interview, Nick Charms. Are you familiar with him? I love his work. Some of the films that you do, I don't know if you've been in them or you just have directed them, but tickling videos Mm -hmm. that comes into play a lot with foot fetish scenes as well. Mm -hmm. And then it's funny because I'm genuinely 
incredibly ticklish anytime I'm booked for one. Part of me is like, oh no, because I will freak out in a good way. It's still fun. Tickle fetish is definitely one of them for me. <laughs> it can be quite cruel. Yeah. Okay, so on the Man Up Twitter profile, it says playful BDSM. Mm-hmm. You don't see playful and BDSM. You don't see that those two things together very often. So when we talk about cosplay, hypno, tickling, is that the playful BDSM or are you referring to something else still? Um, it's a culmination of all of that stuff. Plus, anytime I'm casting a scene for Man Up, I'm literally asking every performer what they're okay with. Here's all the things that are like kind of floating around in my head for writing the script. What are you totally fine with? What would be very new for you? And what's a hard no? I try to tailor it to their comfort level. I also try to grab more people that I know are a little bit more freaky than uh, (laughs) other people. Just so that while we're there on set, everyone's still having a good time. I've gotten told a couple of times now, especially the models, they're very happy that they're able to participate in fetishes that they actually do like for money on set at work. And it's such a fun environment just mm-hmm. because it's it's playful. Like, oh, like, yeah, I'm wearing a goofy Robin outfit. And like, I'm being fisted at the same time. <laughs> at the, but I'm also being fed popcorn while it's happening. <laughs> I've seen some fetish scenes where it's like, mm, they really don't like that, but they're doing yeah. it anyway. It's like, but do you have um, also on the other end of the spectrum, pain play, impact play, where it gets really heavy? I'm going to. Um, I haven't done that just, just yet. The most that I've done is hardcore wedgie scenes. Legit, someone's like picked up via their underwear from a laying position and bounced. Yes. <laughs> and like you hear the underwear tearing. You also do hand job edging ruined orgasm videos yeah <laughs> a lot of my listeners are into the bait scene okay they probably would be interested in those videos they're definitely there and or they'll be like different parts of like a series there will be the build-up baiting or they're like getting head and then like the other person just jumps up and it's like not yet mm-hmm. and like that's like the end of the scene it's just like cuts it off like no you don't get to come yet <laughs> and it's funny it's happened a couple of times where the performer was actually very close to coming and they forgot that they didn't get to come yet. So they're like yeah. revving up and then it's like, okay, and cut. And they're like, wait, <laughs> but yeah, no, uh, that's definitely a part of it. Or like, um, there's a bunch of jerk off instruction videos on there as well. What is that? Yeah, we- is that a jerk off instruction for the viewer or was that, um, it, it kind of seemed like it might be, cause I was looking it over. Like it might be jerk off instruction, meaning the one model in the scene is giving instructions to the other guy in a, in like a, like uncle nephew kind of thing, or, you know, some kind of, or the, or the pizza guy and the, you know, whatever. (laughs) Typically what we do on man up normally two performers, kind of a mixture of like shit talking and also dirty talking to the viewer. Yeah, stroke that dick. Yeah, I bet you like, I bet you wish you were here touching, like, touching all my muscles. Uh, like, a lot of times it'll be like big, muscly dudes. Like, I know, like, Alex Hawk, one of my fucking favorites, he'll like show off his ass because he has an incredibly nice ass and be like, I wish you bet you wish you were fucking this, huh? Got it. The kind of interaction you might have if you had a Skype buddy. Exactly. Well, we've covered all the stuff that I wanted to cover. So much that I didn't know about. 
Is there anything that you want to talk about to the listeners about your company or about what you're doing? Anything? I've been given a little bit more free reign to just kind of go crazy. So crazier. Yeah, crazier. Man, I'm specifically the one that I'm most excited about right now is going to be a documentary style movie that I'm working on called The Anatomy of the Himbo. The big, goofy, dumb muscle dude worshiping him. We're also going to be, and like I said, it's going to be fully Morgan Freeman-esque voice documentary style. We are also going to be doing a horror movie for next Halloween. So we're going to be revving up for that, which I'm stoked for because I'm also very spooky. What I do in my free time is typically watch scary stuff that would disturb other people. And it's fine. We got so much coming up. Check it out. Well, all I can say is I wish Man Up had been around when I was doing porn because I think it would have been a good match. I would have had a good time working for Man Up. Well, if you ever want to come back, let me know. Micah, thank you so much for being on Sexual Heroes today. Thank you, Robert, for having me. Information about each guest is included in the show notes, along with links to my XXX homepage, Twitter account, and Patreon page. Patrons get early access to episodes. You can help me grow my audience by telling a friend today to visit sexualheroes.com. And be sure to rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. Thanks for listening. Listening.